Rewind is brought to you by Press Play to Continue and recorded in the great city and state of Austin, Texas, also known as the live music capital of the world. It is written, produced, and edited by none other than me, Corey Latimer. If you'd like to show your support by keeping Press Play to Continue weird, head on over to my Patreon at PressPlayToContinue slash Patreon.com. I sincerely thank you for your love, support, and kindness you have shown me. It lets me know I'm actually going down the right path in life. Thank you. Now... On to the show. How's it going, people? It is episode eight. Yeah, oh my god, okay, episode 8 it is. Can't believe I'm already this far within the program of podcasting, but here I am. Standing tall. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) But so, you know, I want to start this out by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Still. After, you know, like I said, uh, like eight episodes in, I think that's pretty incredible, um, especially on y'all's part. Uh, so, serious. Thank you. I mean that. I really do. But, you know, have you ever, like, just for instance, like, have you ever thought about, you like the segue I'm about to go into? As a kid, you dreamed of being Kevin McAllister, right? Most kids did back in the 90s. You wanted to be Kevin McAllister. Uh, you wanted the talk boy, you wanted, you know, his little traps, you wanted his, you know, his clever ways, how he would carry himself within the movie, um, you wanted to be, he was like a superhero, in a sense, for kids, like I said, back in the 90s, that was, you never really saw a movie like this, and so, yeah, the idea of having the whole house to yourself, and eating whatever food you wanted, or watching, you know, a rated R movie at, say, one or two in the morning were just distant dreams you had a, a, as a kid. And, you know, that's what made Home Alone so popular back in 1990. Living vicariously through Culkin's portrayal of Kevin McAllister was so spot on, like it really was, that, uh, you know, even at some point within the movie itself, you thought you were Kevin. Which is pretty incredible. He just completely nailed that role. Um, so, I guess they're, you know, the McAllisters, right? They're trying to leave for Paris, right? Every, the whole McAllister family is, you know, getting together at the mom and dad's um, house, which is uh, Peter and Kate's home, who is played by Catherine O'Hara who I believe she's in Beetlejuice for sure because yeah I just watched that this past Halloween and uh she's great in that movie too so if you haven't seen Beetlejuice definitely Michael Keaton obviously portrays Beetlejuice but definitely check that movie out and John Hurd is the dad uh he was in Big that Tom Hanks movie and he was also in White Chicks and I have seen White Chicks but I haven't seen Big uh, I should see, it should be flip-flopped. I should be seeing big as opposed to <laughs> white chicks. But 
I mean, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, I think it was played uh, White Chicks. Let's see. Uh, is that Keenan and Kel or something like that? I can't remember. No, no, no. It's not Keenan and Hell. It's um, the Wayans Brothers. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to check that out, I mean, I think that movie came out, like, in the mid-2000s. But check it out. If you like it, great. And if not, then I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I mean, so what I'm saying is they're, they're you know, the whole family, like I said, the McAllister families. Uh, you know, they're at Peter and Kate's home in Chicago. And so in, I guess this is kind of um, this particular podcast is going to be spoiler based. So if you I wouldn't understand who if, if, if you haven't seen this movie and you've been a, a citizen in America for over 15 years. What's wrong with you? If you <laughs> if you haven't seen this, what? Um but yeah, I mean, I think where I'm trying to leave off is the fact that, you know, the whole family's there at yeah, Peter and Kate's, the McAllisters. It's a big old mansion. It's this is a very rich and you know, very vibrant neighborhood full of rich people. Um it that's I mean, it's just clear across the board. Every house is just huge. Um very nice neighborhood though. But uh yeah, so so we get to Joe Pesci, right? And she and Pesci is, um, I guess, uh, pretending to be a cop at the very beginning. And you didn't really know when you first watched this movie for the first time. You didn't really know what was going on. You thought it was an actual cop. And then you could actually see what was really going on. He was trying to figure out, you know, their flight schedule and when they'll be leaving and all that kind of good stuff. So obviously, uh, you know, Pesci or rather Harry and uh, we come to Daniel Stern at this point as well Marv are trying to I guess get within this particular neighborhood to try to you know pretty much rob that rob their homes and um, it's it's a wild movie uh, just for the fact that like I said I don't know if I said this earlier but you've never honestly really never seen anything like this as a kid and um that's what made it so different. And it was like, it's, it's, it's almost like a lifelike cartoon. For one, being, <laughs> for the fact that uh, Pesci and Daniel Stern, they get knocked out several dozen times. And it's actually on YouTube. If you type in, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but if you type in like something along the lines of like Home Alone um, injuries, I guess, there will actually be doctors in the corner of the screen, like saying, "Yes, all this like head trauma and uh, broken fibia and broken tibia and like broken tailbone or something like that." And they'll add it all up and be like, "Oh yeah, they they he would have died." <laughs> it's really interesting. So definitely, if you ever have a moment, type that into YouTube because it's um like I said, it's pretty pretty shocking stuff. Um, but. Yeah, so Marv and Harry are trying to, like I said, trying to, you know, figure out what the best route is to take as far as, or the best action plan. And what's funny about that, too, is the fact that Pesci has, like, I guess a stopwatch or whatever, or this, he's, like, looking at his watch, and he's like, he can predict when the Christmas lights for each home will come on. 
so that's pretty cool how i guess how they they kind of like threw that into the to the mix of the movie and um i guess i guess why um you know john john hughes or chris columbus or not columbus yeah notice it's he's he directed it but john hughes is well renowned um and unfortunately he died of a heart attack uh, back in August 6th of 2009, I was actually in New York City. But he's, like I said, well-renowned. He he has bre- the Breakfast Club under his belt. He has Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, one of my all-time favorites. I watch it every year. I think I did that. I, sh- I think I told you if you've been listening constantly or consistently, rather, within Press Play to Continue Rewind. Uh, I mentioned it back in my Thanksgiving podcast. Um, but he's... Christmas vacation. I was so another thing too about this episode eight. It was a major toss-up because of the fact that I was like, man, should I should I talk about Home Alone or should I talk about you know Christmas vacation? And I was like, ah, I think I'm gonna lean this way, and then I may for next week just to kind of keep the Christmas consistency, you know, throughout the month, especially kind of keep that going. So we'll see. Or Home Alone 2. I don't know yet. I may put a poll up on Instagram and let y'all decide for me. Um, but yeah, he also Miracle on 34th Street. That was back in 94. And then Disney's Flubber back in 90, uh, 97. You know, with Robin Williams. That What's cool about Flubber is the fact that, one, I guess CGI was really kind of taking shape. Um, mainly back in, I think, 95 is when Toy Story came out. That's when you kind of really first saw it, you know, on major screens. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, you know, going back to John Hughes, I mean, that he was just, he had a lot under his belt and, like I said, very well-renowned. Um, but, yeah, so he, I guess, you know, kind of hearkening back to Marv and Harry they uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on with this one particular house and that's the McAllisters and so I, I believe I want to say I think it was Daniel Stern I think it was Marv and he was you know I guess this is the first encounter with the house when the McAllisters are gone and it's just Kevin at this point and he, yeah, I, I believe that's what it is. It, 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 Marv walks up to the house and he thinks, you know, somebody's in there. And it, obviously that that is the case because I think Kevin, I think it's like kind of like the first scare off was I think he just flipped the back, back like uh back light garage door on I believe or something like that. Not the garage door itself, but the the actual light um, connected to that switch. But it's just interesting to see how everything kind of escalates very it's the pacing within this movie is very well done it's coherent in lots of ways uh so just uh, just another thing too is the fact that if you i don't know like if you obviously i i have probably have some listeners that don't celebrate christmas or they might celebrate another holiday which is totally fine but i guess maybe even if you don't celebrate christmas i think it's just a kind of a good movie just to watch all around you know especially growing up it's a 
going back you know hearkening back to nostalgia that's that's it right there in itself but you know if it, go listen to my nostalgia episode it's out uh, pretty much telling you all about the good and the bad of it so i think home alone falls under the good side of things so that's that's i appreciate that fact but yeah so i i guess what it another thing too is the fact that you know it's um very endearing um and but yeah so now it's just kevin awakens to an empty that's what i'm saying i actually totally skipped this over he kevin awakens to an empty house so as a kid that's got to be extremely scary first of all um i know it you know freaked me out and i think that's actually happened before and i kind of actually woke up early but i think my mom i think she went to go like get a haircut or something pretty early in the morning and then my dad was like at home depot and i I woke up i was i think that was like i remember i'm trying to remember correctly but i believe that's like that uh that's what happened and i was like it was freaking me (laughs) it was freaking me out but i uh they came back like an hour or two later that another thing too is the fact that there was like no cell phones at all at that point you know no technology technology rather but um yeah that that that's pretty frightening as a kid so another thing too uh he kind of another thing with kevin he got this story from his brother buzz who's a complete ass <laughs> to kevin another thing too uh, about the McAllister family, I don't understand uh, the hatred and the animosity they have towards Kevin. What? what? He's like eight years old. Are you kidding me? <laughs> don't, that doesn't make sense. You know, so I don't know. That, 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 like I was saying earlier, how endearing and warm it is about this movie. That, not, not so much. Which, uh, I don't know, but I mean, weird. It's weird, and then it kind of makes sense at the same time, too. But he's eight. I don't know. It's it's very weird, but we, everybody, like the audience, they're like, oh, okay. Like, everybody accepts it. No one really questions that fact, which is kind of interesting to me. But anyways, uh, but old man Marley, right? He is the next door neighbor to Kevin McAllister, and he is rumored to be a serial killer. This is what Buzz is telling him, like in a brief story, uh, when I guess uh, Kevin, Buzz, and his their other brother are like watching Old Man Marley like shovel snow in in his driveway at night, and um, yeah, it's just even like I guess Buzz professes the fact that. He even says that it's something along, like, it deals with zombies as well, which is, (laughs) it freaks Kevin out some. So, but, uh, another thing, too, is, uh, you know, Marley, this whole time, it turns out to be the good guy, you know? And he, another thing, too, about old man Marley, I, I don't know, I see it a lot, but it reminded me of my, uh, grandpa, uh, Papa Duke. And that's on my on my dad's side. He was very uh, man. He was a very honest, and I will always look up to him, uh, even though he's gone now. But he's just um, I appreciate the fact that I have that kind of 
I don't know, role model, you know, a, a good role model to look up to. But what it comes down to, I think, within this movie, it's just, I guess what they're really trying to portray to it, it's just now coming to me as well, but they're portraying that family is obviously very, you know, important. Uh, obviously, if you don't know that by now within your life, I... I'm sorry you feel that way, but I, I hope everybody can, especially around this time of year, um, and I know obviously now I'm just getting off on a brief tangent, but you know, around this time of year, it's, I think it's super important, imperative to, you know, if you can, and if you haven't, at least see your family at least once a year, if you can. If you can't, and you live out of state, I totally understand that too, or even out of the country, but try to make a point to see them at least a few times a year if you can. But uh, it's just another thing too about this movie is the fact that I just I like the uh, there are plot uh, holes within the movie as well um, an an another thing too there's a uh, I read online that there's like this whole theory or this you know myth behind the fact that Kevin is dead the whole time within the movie Macaulay Culkin <laughs> some some fan uh made this you know theory up that he is actually just a ghost that is just pestering the McAllisters on a constant basis and somehow Kevin is tied to the house and old man Marley is actually like his I don't even know like I guess in a sense like his keeper or whatever like he he like his guardian almost um and that's and like apparently like uh, Marv and Harry are like the the evil uh, spirits. <laughs> it's really wild. You'll have to like Google that. But I was just doing some you know up you know off the cuff uh, research, and that's that's what kind of came up. I was like, what else is interesting within this movie that I'm not, you know unaware of? And there's other things too. I mean, they you know Buzz's girlfriend for you know prime example. I mean. <laughs> Without realizing it, and you know, I even zoomed in on this, uh, this particular point within the movie that when Macaulay Culkin, or you know, Kevin McAllister, um, he takes out uh, a picture of Buzz's girlfriend out of this chest, looks at it, <laughs> and the picture is great. Uh, it's actually. You know, it's a, it's a boy in costume. And uh, John Hughes, uh, he, you know, said that it would be extremely cruel and, um, you know, mean-spirited for, you know, to have a, an actual girl portray Buzz's girlfriend. And so they got a boy. I think, uh, like, the director, like, one of the artist directors within the movie, they got his son to do it. <laughs> he said yes almost immediately. And, um, yeah, he says, Buzz, your girlfriend, Wolf. <laughs> and it was just really funny. He just, he nailed that line so well. And, um, yeah, it's just a really uplifting movie. And if you haven't seen Home Alone, I highly advise it, you know, for one, just because I feel like it just kind of goes hand in hand. You know, Christmas, Home Alone, Christmas, you know, Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation. Christmas, you know, uh, I think the Charlie Brown Kiss Christmas episode. 
And so there's, oh, these all go hand in hand is what I'm trying to say. And it's just jingle all the way. <laughs> That's also a great Christmas movie. Um, uh, it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But... I, you know, maybe I should do a podcast over that, because that's, that's a pretty awesome movie. Sinbad's in it. If you don't know who Sinbad is, well, I really don't either. <laughs> but I know he's in that movie. I know he's a stand-up comedian, but I, I don't know a whole lot of his stuff. But, um, yeah, it's just, movie is really awesome. And, I mean, I guess to, just to kind of wrap things up in a sense it's just uh, I think I've pretty much have watched Home Alone almost every year for Christmas I'm trying to remember yeah even way back when I was a kid and um, this is an all-around great movie I even go so far as like to watch it you know a few times it'll be on even on TV and I'll still like watch it like I'll probably won't skip the channel just because it's such a excellent movie i you know me personally um i prefer home alone 2 a lot of people will disagree with that but some will i feel like i just like the atmosphere that's involved with home alone 2 is because you know he's obviously he's lost in new york but it's that i think they just completely nailed it uh with with that movie because there's just I think there's more characters involved for one um which just makes it more interesting Donald Trump's in Home Alone 2 <laughs> I don't know how if you're a Trump fan or if you're not a Trump fan but I think it took me a few good you know views to you know of Home Alone 2 to realize that it was you know Donald Trump but I guess if you are, if you aren't, it was just kind of cool to see. Um, like I said, I'm me personally. I'm not a political, you know, person by any means. So I really don't lean one way or the other. I just kind of like, you know, stand from afar and just kind of how watch everything, how it, you know, unfolds. And it's very interesting. But now I'm completely going off on a tangent because I'm talking political now. <laughs> but it, 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 you know, it ties in with Home Alone too because he's he was actually in the movie and very interesting. I think I'm trying to remember. I I can't remember because I I guess obviously this podcast is just over the first movie. But I was also just trying to think if it was actually in Trump Tower, like I guess one of his hotels where uh, some of the film took place. But like I said, trying to kind of wrapping things up. It's just very well done. John Hughes, like I said way earlier in the podcast, it's um, very well renowned, and um, he he brought a lot to the table, and I appreciate that fact, you know. So, thank you, John. But yeah, it's just I I, I like I like the you know the dynamic duo between Harry and Marv. I think that was very well done by Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. And just all the, I guess my favorite, one of my favorite sequences within the movie too, (laughs) is when, let's see, I guess what the deal is, is he gets 
uh, one of his brother's tarantulas. I don't know the brother's name, and it's not Buzz. Um, that's the other brother, but he's like he has like this tarantula, and he's at this point when Marvin and Harry show up in the house. It's kind of like way later on in the movie. It's almost at the actually at the tail end, and that's why I kind of I feel like this is kind of nice, like a nice little wrap up. But when you know he's like trying to fight him off or fend him off from the you know. McAllister's residence, Macaulay Culkin, he, I guess, lets loose uh, the tarantula, and <laughs> at this point, I feel like uh, Marvin and Harry are pretty discombobulated, because they've already got nailed on the head by, like, uh, paint cans, <laughs> and um, I think Marv, or I'm sorry, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think Harry lo- lo- loses his gold tooth, and... He, <laughs> I guess somehow Daniel Stern, if I can remember correctly, just like gets like, a, you know, to the, to the floor and like, he like looks up, Macaulay Culkin has a tarantula in hand and he like places it on Daniel Stern's face and oh, like you have to watch this scene. It's like, he just nails this. I don't want to do the scream because if, if I tried in my tiny apartment, <laughs> it would not bode over too well, uh, you know, for my neighbors. So just watch it and, um, you know, let me know what you think because <laughs> I'm quite curious. Um, but I think that's probably one of my favorite scenes within Home Alone. But I just want to thank you for tuning in and stopping by and uh, appreciate you still wanting to tune in. I know it's a little later than you know, expected because I was there for a little bit. I guess another thing too is this, you know, podcast, it's kind of bearing on me uh, because my job, you know, that I have my other job, it's just, um, it's a, it's a toll. It's taking a toll on me. So I'm trying not to mix, miss a week for y'all. Like, I think that's very imperative for what I'm trying to accomplish. And so I've been trying to do it on a, you know, a weekly basis as best as I can. Um, I may have missed some stuff within Home Alone, but I think I got a good portion of what it was about. And I mean, I guess I could give you like the real quick facts of like, uh, you know, the, uh, the earnings. Um, that was kind of interesting to me. I was trying to wrap up last night, but I couldn't, I just, I stayed up until like three thirty last night. And, um, not a smart decision. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I get. I mean, like I said, I guess I can give you, you know, like the actual facts of. Um, where, damn, I'm sorry. I may have to like edit this out, but then again, maybe not because I think I have it right here. So another thing too, what's funny about this is, uh, when I write my script up, it's it's so weird, like. Sometimes I'll write it, like handwrite it, and then other times I'll type it. And I don't know why. I guess in whatever mood I'm in, it's very strange. I'll have to, I'll have to post some pictures on Instagram of why I do, why I write sometimes, and then why I don't know. It's very. I've noticed that just here within these last few episodes, or so handful, handful. Like I said, I'm on episode eight. That's crazy. That's awesome, though. I, I'm like I said. I, I think I might have said this in my last episode. I'm proud, you know, 
that I've gotten this far. So, but I guess I can get, like I said, kind of give you the estimates and like with the earnings and what was grossed at the box office here. And then, like I said, we can be done. Uh, but Home Alone grossed over, you know, 285.8 million in the United States. And then also in Canada, it um, got the, the total estimate was 190 million point. Well, it says 190.9 million. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier or not. I don't think I did. But what's very wild to me is the fact that there's a, there's some correlation with Home Alone and Uncle Buck because Macaulay Culkin was in Uncle Buck. And I don't know if you know what that movie is. I Honestly, I haven't seen that movie. It looks very intriguing to me because I like John Candy. Um, and he's in that movie. Well, he's also in Home Alone, you know. He, I definitely did not mention this, and I should have, but John Candy is um, the guy that takes, you know, Macaulay Culkin's mom. I think it's O'Hara, Kathy O'Hara, something like that. Now you can hear me flipping the pages, so that doesn't sound too professional by any means. Um, but maybe I should edit that out. So, yeah, so the mom, Kathy O'Hara, um was taken home by John Candy. And my point was, um, you know, the, the, the actual correlation between Home Alone and um, Uncle Buck, because when John Hughes was, I guess, writing uh, the movie Uncle Buck, he got the idea for Home Alone, which is wild to me. And so, yeah, he, John Hughes apparently wrote the script for Home Alone uh, in 10 days. 10 days people <laughs> what that's okay more power to you you modern day Shakespeare that's what uh, it's insane but very well respected uh, because of you know his uh, rap sheet but yeah I mean there's just all these things oh and then I guess I can just mention real just real quick and you know worldwide earnings they it grossed over 476.7 million against a production of a, the production of home alone believe it or not guess i'll let you guess just just think about this how much do you think it was only for 18 million oh from what a profit margin huh <laughs> jeez ah that is damn awesome um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like, I just want to say thank you for tuning in because I'm, I'm pretty much done talking about home alone. Um, like I said, I appreciate you tuning in and I, you know, wish you a Merry Christmas. I guess another thing too is if I got like over advantageous, right? I may, I was really trying to think about maybe getting next week's uh, podcast out before Christmas, but I don't know. I don't know. That would be very awesome if I could, but we'll see. Um, but I'm like I said, I, you know, going back to what I was saying is I'm trying to get this on a weekly basis. But anyways, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Thank you for tuning in. I, seriously, I, I, I really do mean it, and uh, I appreciate that fact. So I will see you next time, and always, you know, you know at this point, always be kind. And rewind. Rewind is a product of Press Play to Continue. The show was produced by me, Corey Latimer. 
You can find me on Instagram at Corey with an E-Y and my Snapchat C-O-R-E underscore L-A-T-I-028. As you know, all things Press Play to Continue are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash continue. I'm internally grateful for your time, love, and support. Thank you.